Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. to go back and 
you know, look, look, listen to the, you know, the episode yesterday because we also talked about hormonal balance and if there was a natural way to get that, you know, balance done. And it was just like good stuff. It was good stuff yesterday. Good stuff yesterday. A couple other topics. You know, we went over, so, you know, go back and listen, go back and listen. We also slid in a little bit from our due time crew, and we talked about secrets that men keep from women, such as they're not really interested in hearing, you know, about our manly guy friend. And Pastor KL said that's because doesn't want to hear about the areas that he's not quite doing right in here. You know, about he was, you know, your male friend is blowing him up. You know, when you start talking to him about the stuff that, you know, your man ain't doing. So he doesn't, you know, want to hear, you know, about him because it's like, okay, well, now if you're around him, he's going to start telling some of the goodies. Okay. Well, one of the things that the women um, said that, you know, she holds from the man. Let's see. What did she say? Go back and listen. I'm not telling. Go back and listen. So we were able to touch on a couple of areas. We didn't, you know, do too much. We didn't tell too many secrets yesterday. So, uh, <laughs> you might want to, hmm, I want to go back and listen. Yeah, yeah. It was a quick conversation. Nothing, you know, too big. But again, you know, we were able to slide in a little bit of relationship conversation yesterday. And it was an interesting one. Okay. And, of course, we got our switch tip with Shantice. Be able to benefit from your deeds. Now, this was an interesting one. This was an interesting one. Be able to benefit from your deeds. You know, you. I, I think of some things, you know, some things come to mind when I hear that particular, you know, topic. And, I think about how, you know, sometimes you give people such great advice, you know, and, you know, people are looking at you and they're like, uh, you don't even take your own advice. That could actually work for you. Yeah. That's what comes to my mind when I hear, you know, be, be able to benefit from your you know, from your own deeds, you know, from your deeds. That's what comes to my mind. Now, Shanti's may have given a little different spin because it's her tip. So, you know, if you want to hear what she had to say, then I advise you to go back and listen because the switch tips are always good. Always good. But like I said, you know, how many times have, you know, you seen people and they're always able to give up this great, um, 
what do you call it, advice, and then you're looking at them and they're not even recipients of that piece of information themselves. And you're like, well, if all these people take your advice, but you don't take your advice, then you're not going to be as great as you want other people to be. So that's just what comes to Stephanie's that's not what necessarily came to Shantice's mind. So, I, you have a lot to go back and listen to yesterday. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of packed yesterday. It was kind of packed yesterday. So you know, don't miss out. Don't miss out. You know, we only do two hours a morning, but woo! Sometimes by the time you come about them two hours, you know. You might want to go tap your head with a washcloth or something. Because it is definitely power-packed. I'd like to see so myself. All righty. All righty. So, today is Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Folk Day. And, oh, we got some stuff to talk about. Nothing exciting. Nothing really exciting, you know. But sometimes I say that and once I start rereading the articles, I start getting a new life over here. You know, and I don't need a party. I can get down by myself. So, we'll see. Maybe... Maybe some life will be breathed into some of these articles. I don't have anything that I think is real juicy. But there's always something to talk about. Now listen, I'm going to put it out there. I don't necessarily have a church folk topic. So if you do, hit me up and let me, you know, let me know. Let me know. Let me know. Maybe our due time crew may have a church folk topic, but in case they don't, and you do, I don't mind receiving some submissions. So get it on in there, you know? Church folk always leave you scratching your head. I went to uh, a service, and I was scratching my head for show. So, come on, come on. I'm going to hear from you today. You know how we do. All right, so in the interim, in the interim, in the interim, make sure you go and get that healthy breakfast. Make sure you tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And make sure you go nowhere because we'll be right back. Endometriosis is a chronic disease that can cause infertility, pain with your menstrual period, pain with sex, cysts, and blockage of your tubes. So endometriosis is a disease. We don't really know what causes it. 
but it is very, very common. In fact, it affects up to 50% of women with infertility and maybe 10 to 15% of the general population. It's where the cells from the lining of the uterus or the endometrium, instead of only growing inside the uterus as they're supposed to, actually grow outside the uterus, most commonly in the pelvis. And these implants can cause inflammation and scarring and pain. Uh, endometriosis definitely has some genetic basis. So if you have endometriosis, people in your family have a much higher risk of having endometriosis. If you suspect you might have endometriosis, it's important to talk with your gynecologist about it. If you're trying to conceive, it may be very helpful to see a reproductive endocrinologist or a specialist in fertility issues. up 
taking a loan out for a house. And she couldn't pay back the $1.1 million, the $101 million loan in North Carolina. And she ended up homeless. So maybe she thought that she was going to, you know, make all this money and, or maybe she did and she didn't spend it wisely. Well, you know how we do. You know how we do. We make all this money and then we start spending and we don't pay attention to what we're doing and before you know it, mm, we ain't got what we think we had. Well, you know who else is on this list? Sinbad. Sinbad. You know Sinbad. He played in House Guest. He was on, what's that uh, show, uh, Different Worlds, for a while. And, you know, he was making this couple of dollars. And then he was hardly working. But he then got slammed with a an $8 million tax bill. And he had to end up, like, mortgaging his house and filing for bankruptcy. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Michael Jackson is on this list, people. Remember when Michael Jackson died? They say he had so much debt. Oh, my gosh. When he died in 09, they were like, he owed like $400 million. And he ended up, wow, dying with such a high debt that they ended up having like to sell his Neverland home. Remember that? Remember that? Man. (laughs) No, my Michael Jackson, yes. Do you remember that? You know, at one point he was one of the wealthiest people in the world. That's how he ended up even purchasing Neverland. Yeah. And it says that he ended up having to take out some loans that he couldn't pay back. And now remember, he had all those lawsuits. Yep, he had all those lawsuits from those kids that he wouldn't stop messing with. And when I say messing with, I don't mean, you know, messing with that way. I mean, just remember when he used to have the kids and they were spending the night and people was like, no, Michael, no, stop doing that kind of stuff because they're after you, my brother. Yeah. Remember that? Well, Remember they said that he had done a lot of settling out of court. So he took, um, they said, out quite a bit of loans that unfortunately he could never pay back. So they're saying after seven years after his death, the debt was finally turned around and after they sold his billion-dollar estate in 2012, he was finally out of debt. 
So you're talking about another three years after he was even gone. Oh, my goodness gracious. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. So you have T-Pain the Rapper. Now, he had his own record label and everything was going great until his spending habits, his bad spending habits, caught up with him. His bad investments almost left him homeless and his family homeless. Yes, T-Pain. So they say because (laughs) he just could not get himself together. He went from having $40 million in the bank to having to borrow money to get his kids Burger King, y'all. Oh, my goodness. So thank God he finally learned his lesson, and he's doing much better with his finances. And, whew, after he, you know, released, you know, some new songs and things like that, he was able to catch up with his debt. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine you have $40 million and then you got to, because of your bad spending, you got to end up borrowing money for Burger King? Now, I know Burger King has gotten much more expensive over the years, but good Lord. Oh, my gosh. Isaac Hayes. Wow. They say despite the fact that he made a killing back in the 60s, that he even became a rock and roll Hall of Famer. He had to end up filing for bankruptcy after he fell into a $6 million debt in taxes. Wow. Wow. So he says that his money came, his money problems came from mismanaging his record label, crazy and insane spending, and just basically placing too much trust in people. Yeah. Yeah. So they say he also had written a a successful cookbook and owned two restaurants by the time he passed away in 2008. Hmm. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What else do we have here? Who else? Gary Coleman. Remember Gary Coleman? Listen, Gary Coleman was making $70,000 an episode when he was on Different Strokes. Yep. And when the show ended, that's when he realized that his parents and business advisor had just mismanaged his money like crazy. So, whew. He sued his parents. Remember that? That was a big, big story. He sued his parents. He won. But unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. And he had to end up going bankrupt. And Well, he ended up bankrupt. He had to end up um, filing bankruptcy. 
and he ended up working as a security guard. Can you imagine someone as uh, famous as him? Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness. Marvin Gaye is on this list. Now, let me let me tell you something. Marvin Gaye was not only an artist, but he was a writer. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, they're mentioning that he got a Lifetime Achievement Award. And, um, you know, he had his share of hits. We know he do. Listen, his estate must be claiming money because all of those, those uh, what do you call those, commercials and, yeah, you know, your estate gets paid for all of that. But they say after he ended up divorcing Anna Gordy, he had to end up paying alimony. And he had to pay her $600,000 from his royalties for one of his albums. And when that happened, he was, that really put him in a bad spot monetarily. And when he ended up being killed by his dad in 84, he still owed about $300,000 to the ex-wife. Yep. Woo! Shanti's going to flip her lid. Makai Pfeiffer. Yes, yes, honey. Makai Pfeiffer. Everybody know Makai Pfeiffer. So he's from Clockers. He played in Soul Food, the movie. He played in Eight Mile. He played in O. He played in Clockers. He was in Honey. Yeah. So they say that, you know, after all of that fame, he really had his pockets fat. But... Because he had weird and expensive tastes, he ended up with money problems. So they say that, mm, are y'all ready for this? See, this this why everybody don't need no money. He had a bed entirely made entirely from leather. Who sleeps on that? Who sleeps on leather? And they said he had a huge amount of firearms. So they said he was spending more than he was making. And in 14, he had to file for bankruptcy. And they said he owed more than a million dollars. And all he had to his name was a little over $60,000. Well, maybe that's why he ain't with... Melinda Williams no more. Mm. Maybe that's why he's not with Melinda Williams no more. Wow. All right. Who else has had money problems? T-Bars. Yeah, you know T-Bars from TLC. She's the T in TLC. Yes. 
So, uh, you know, they talked about those girls having, you know, money problems and things like that. And, okay, so let me go back a little bit. Let me go back a little bit. Don't forget, Makai Pfeiffer was married to Melinda Williams. Now, Melinda Williams played Bird in the Soul Food series. And they have a child together. I think it's her son. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, that's who Melinda Williams is, who's with Makai Pfeiffer. Okay? So, let's go back to T-Bars from TLC. So T-Bars from TLC, unfortunately, because of money problems, you remember they were saying that they were they were bankrupt at one point, and that was because Pebbles and them wasn't, they weren't taking care of the money properly as TLC overseers, yeah. So she was left without, you know, after, what's her name? Left Eye passed away. You know, they had a moment where they weren't doing anything. And this left T-Bars without a job and without a steady income. And she ended up with bad money problems. So she filed for bankruptcy three times. Unable to pay her taxes and her mortgage. So she tried to apply for a debt pardon, and the judge denied her this pardon. And, you know, so hopefully, you know, now she's better, you know, she's in better situation. Yeah. That's uh, too bad. Too bad. You know, you think about all these people who have all these hits and they go on tour and they make all this money and they make these movies and, oh, my gosh. And then you hear that they don't have any money at a point. And we think we got problems, man. And we only make it $60,000 a year and they're making, like, that kind of money hand over fist, then what in the world are we going to end up with? Mm, mm, mm. So those are just a few. Those are just a few people who ended up with some monetary problems. Mm, mm, mm. Well, hopefully they would have gotten themselves together by now. So what are we talking about today? Now, again, I'm going to put it out there if you got a church for you know, topic or something like that, you can hit me up. I don't have anything on that um, that tip. So maybe you could come up with something. Maybe you could come up with something. Okay, so what are we talking about? You know, I have to tell you, going through the news, all you see is drag this, drag that, drag this, drag that. What drag? Drag queens. That's all you see in the news. Drag, 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 drag. So they have this, they have, they have these drag queens who say that they tweak 
their performances if they notice that there are kids in the crowd. Now, that comes off the heels of there's this big up, you know, this big uproar because now you have all of these book readings, these story times with these drag queens. This seems to be the thing now. And people are asking, you know, what is the big deal with this? Why is it that every time you turn around, you've got these book reads, these these uh, story times with all these drag queens? And, you know, why do you have to dress like that in front of children? And, you know, some people are like, well, that's their right. That's, you know, that's part of the amendments, you know, that they should be able to wear you know, what they want to wear, be who they want to be. And, again, you know, nobody's really saying that they can't be who they want to be. But do you have to be like that in front of the kids? And it's almost like, well, what would be the difference between putting a drug addict or, you know, something that now I know I'm going to probably get smashed for that one from some people. Like, oh, you can you're comparing drug addict to a, yeah, I'm, this all twisted, sin is sin. What's the difference, you know, if you're putting one thing in front of the kids or another, you know, and, you know, you have this set of drag queens out in Florida who say that they, you know, they, they customize their performance based on whether, you know, um, there are children in the audience and they like it's no big deal for us you know we 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 do understand now here's the thing here's the thing which was really really interesting to me they admitted that let me, let me read you the quote it says i know what is acceptable for a child to see and what is not acceptable for a child to see. We know what's appropriate and inappropriate. Wow. 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 So, you know, they ha- they do have bills that prohibit minors from attending drag queen events. Yeah. They have this whole uproar out in Florida because they're they're banning children from attending certain things where this LGBTQ community is, you know, um, they're performing. And, you know, their, their performances are not lewd or anything like that most times, but it's just the whole drag queen thing. You know, the men who are dressing as women, and a lot of them look like men who are dressed like women. You know, and you do have some that you can't really tell. But, you know, you 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 know, you know, if you walk up in there, you know who's who. And they're like, no, you know, we want our children to have a safe space where the two are not infused. So that's a, that's a big thing out in Florida. So the drag queens are saying, hey, you know, we, we, you know, we know what we're doing. We're not going to, you know, put it all out there for the kiddies. But that's good. That's good. That's good. Mm, okay. Well, there's this other story, which I thought was kind of interesting. 
So you've got this this situation out in Washington where you have in a youth detention center, juvenile detention center, where the kids ended up locking themselves in a room, listen, and demanding food from McDonald's. So one of the uh one of the people in charge, you know, said, Well listen, you know, they're 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 locking themselves in a the room and, you know, we've got this mutiny and, you know, be advised that they have shanks on them. That's the way the dispatcher lets the word out. So this was this happened shortly after midnight and the sheriff's office received a call that six kids had locked themselves in one of the cottages out at the Echo Glen Children's Center and lit it, and not lit it, but lit a fire. And they they really didn't have much to burn. They said the most they could have burned was mattresses, were the mattresses, and they were just demanding McDonald's and some other little kitty things. Well, they're kids. They're kids. But here's the thing. One of the kids, one of the juveniles was, was being held there for second-degree murder. So clearly, they had the, you know, they, they had the potential of doing something, you know, a little more than just, you know, holding somebody with a shank. So they got upset. Because they, you know, they wanted some things to happen that weren't happening. And, you know, they ended up holding a couple of the guards. And they're saying that they were really concerned because last year they had a riot at the facility. And (laughs) five kids were upset because they had lost free time and threatened the police with shanks and machetes. My question is, where are they getting machetes from? Where are y'all getting machetes from? Now, it's one thing to say a knife, because we all have seen, this, you know, the, the movies and the TV shows, how they make their own, you know, weapons and things like that. But you're talking about some machetes. So, you know, I guess at the end of the day, everybody has uh, the ability to revolt. <laughs> and... The most y'all could ask for was some McDonald's. So at the end of the day, they ended up, you know, calming the kids down and, you know, everything went back to quote-unquote normal. But, you know, I don't even know what life is like in a juvenile detention center. And, you know, it's... (laughs) What I mean, would it be so bad to, you know, and I, Stephanie, it's juvenile detention. These people are in there for second-degree murder. But, you know, what what are the, the, the situation, what is the situation there where you're having these riots and revolting? And these are kids. So what do you do until, like, when you're 18, you get, you move to the next, to jail or prison, whatever they call it. When you're 18, so you got just kids in the facilities now, and now you got to worry about them having an, you know, an uprising every once in a while. It's like 
that discussion is saying last week. This, every kid is mad. I don't understand what that anger is about. Everybody and their mama is mad. Everybody got a reason to revolt. I don't understand. You got the kids at home revolting. You got the kids in the facility revolting. It's just too much anger. It's just too much anger. Oh, okay, I got two more stories, and then I'm going to talk to my dude Tom Crew. Oh, so, what kind of idiots uh, are running California? So, here's the deal. Long story short. So, you have a bill that they're trying to to, to pass. They're trying to pass, not a bill, a law requiring semi-automatic handguns to have certain safety features. And that would make sure, hopefully, that the guns don't go off easily and things like that. Okay, so you have all of this going on with the gun violence and all of these going on with the, the handguns and all of this going on where children are getting shot and all this kind of stuff. So in California, they're trying to pass this law. Okay, so you have a a judge who rules against it, and here's the reason why. They're saying that back in 2001, there was this law, this this act, Unsafe Handgun Act, requiring new semi-automatic handguns to have an indicator showing when there is a round in the chamber and a mechanism to prevent firing when the magazine is not fully inserted. Okay, so again, this is to prevent accidental discharge. Okay? And it also required that they stamp a serial number on each bullet. Okay? That it fired. They say that's micro-stamping. Well, at the end of the day, the reason why this is being challenged, this new law that they're trying to pass is being challenged, is because they're saying back in the day, guns were made a certain way, without, with, clearly without these mechanisms on it. And if you mandate now that the new that the guns have it, then it would shut down the ability somehow for people to be able to buy whatever gun they wanted, and now it would go against the gun laws that people could buy what they want to buy. That's what that's what it boils down to. That's what it boils down to. So. So that people could buy and have a freedom of choice as to buy whatever gun they wanted to buy, you are now blocking a law that would help to save lives because people wouldn't want to buy those guns. They would want to buy the older guns. So if you pass the law that mandates that these guns have this feature, that would mean and could mean that they could actually lock you out of buying 
the older guns that don't have the mechanisms and people who have the right to, what do they call it, fair arms or whatever it is. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. They would, they could not buy those guns because those guns don't have the new features on it. Have you lost your mind? When Pastor Kim used to say that this, these are the last and evil days, you better believe it. Yes. They're trying to hold on to this Second Amendment where people will be able to choose from among thousands of the latest, greatest, and safest handguns made. That's their concern. So it doesn't matter that children are getting killed. It doesn't matter that we need to evolve into more safety measures. No. Just because you have the right to buy a gun, it would limit your gun purchase and gun options. How do we put these people in office? How do these people win? They're able to take these offices, and this is what we end up being subjected to. Well, I got one more story that somebody going to have to answer a question for me. Now, for those of you who look at the news, I'm sure you've seen this, because I can't imagine this not being all over the news. So you have this 16-year-old kid who has clearly been driving here in New York, and finally, and I say finally because this had to end, this had to be where it was going to end up. Unfortunately, this is one of the saddest cases I've ever heard. You know, back quite a few years ago, we ended up one of the one of the young men in the church. He had a family. It was six caskets, I believe. All kids, all kids, dead from a car accident. Well, this 16-year-old kid from Brooklyn has been known to drive, ended up driving, and killed him and four other young relatives. And all they could say is, we warned him not to drive without a license. So there's Malik Smith. Older Malik, because the the driver's name is Malik. His name was Malik as well. He was driving without a learn even a learner's permit. And the big Malik says, "Oh, you know, me and his mother and other you know older brothers and all older uh, other family members. You know, we used to tell him, you know, stop driving without a license. Stop driving without a permit." Because, you know, if anything happens, you could get pulled over. You can get in trouble for these things. And I actually heard the news clip of him um, uh, talking and saying what he told his son. And somehow or another, oh, my God, I couldn't believe when I heard the news story. Because the, the news article didn't quite say this. So they say that he died on from a crash on Hutchinson River Parkway, uh, out in Scarsdale. Now, that was the first question for Stephanie. You out in Scarsdale and you from Brooklyn on the Hutchinson River Parkway? How? 
how does this go down? Well, after listening to the news report, they say he was coming from New Jersey, dropping Anthony Billups 17, Zaniah Cross 12, Shornell Cross 11, and Andrew Billups 8. Let me say this again just for somebody who missed this. You, Malik, 16 years old, you are driving from New Jersey. They went for a day at the mall. That's the news report I heard. You're driving Anthony 17, Zaniah 12, Shornell 11, and Andrew 8 from the mall in New Jersey, because that's what they like to do, they were going back home. And then I guess he was going to take himself back to Brooklyn. And all you got to say is you told him not to drive. So they believe that he ended up going to sleep. They say they initially they were saying they don't know if – there's a there's a curve where he was by this Mamaroneck Road exit, and they say they that he failed. They didn't know whether he failed to curve. The car went straight. It hit some boulder, then a tree, then it burst in flames, or if he fell asleep. And and I saw this morning that they're leaning more towards he fell asleep. But my question is. Where is he getting the keys and whose car is it? Again, that's the loaded gun. I just got finished talking about last Tuesday. There's the loaded gun that you allow these kids to get a hold of. Who's authorizing him to drive a 17-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 12-year-old, an 11 and an 8? Who puts them in the car with the 16-year-old? Who has not had this conversation with these other four children? Don't get in the car with Malik, y'all. He ain't got no license. He ain't got no business driving. He's too young to drive. I'm saying to myself, you didn't went from Jersey. Where'd the car come from? Where did the car come from? Where are the other mothers and fathers, aunties, cousins, uncles, neighbors, somebody? Please tell me. Let me read these ages to you again because I can't get it. Zaniah 12, Shornell 11, Andrew 8. Where were their parents? Where were their parents where they got in this car? Who saw them going to the mall? Okay, y'all, y'all be safe. Talk to y'all when you get back. Who, who, okay, so were they all in the house in Jersey by themselves when Malik got there from Brooklyn and they all got in a car by, by, unbeknownst to any other adult, they all loaded up in the car, went to the mall in Jersey, then he was taking them back to Scarsdale, or they got, to, and he went to Scarsdale, picked them up, went to Jersey to the mall, they ain't got no malls in Scarsdale, but that's besides the point. Oh my God, I cannot believe, if, if, if I put 20 scenarios, 
in my head. Remember, do time crew. I'm sorry. I'm just not. It's, it's not making sense to me. It's just not making sense to me. Where's Pastor Pastor Charlotte? Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Pastor I want to say how are you, but I hear you. <laughs> By the time I get to y'all, I'm out of breath. I'm just annoyed. I'm in an uproar. What is going on? Did you hear about this story? No. No, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. I try not oh, to watch too goodness, much of that Pastor. news because it's really depressing. And I never used to watch the news either, Pastor Charlene, until it's due time with Pastor Steph. So you're talking about 50-some-odd years of not watching the news, and now this reminds me of why I never watched the news either. I never read the news. I never listened to the news. This is madness. This is insanity. And you should hear the father, Pastor Charlene. You should hear the father. They, they gave, So they, they quoted him in the article, but I'm listening to him on the news. And he's like, you know, me and his mother told him. His older brothers told him, you know, stop driving without a license. What? How, who's giving him access to a car? I wouldn't have to tell Shanti, Shawnee, or Tamasia, listen, don't be out here driving, and they 16. They don't have access to a car. Who gives what? access to a car when you know he's known for getting in the car? Won't you hide the keys or, well, I guess Pastor Charlotte, this ain't no different than locking up the gun. That's, that's what it boils down to. You talk because I'm tired of talking. <laughs> but I thought of the same thing. That was my first question was, who car is it? And why is he so available where he's able to get it? And you're right. It's just like the guns. We are you put, You're not putting them away. We're, you know, taking them apart, so, you know, and not putting everything together. Um, but this one right here, and I thought of, too, who's the mama? But now that you said that the father got on and talked about that they warned him, now all of y'all need to go to jail, too, see, because... How do you allow, is this kid punking y'all? Because, you know, nowadays, because when you were saying about going to the mall, my thought was, as he's driving, but these 16-year-olds don't look like our 16-year-olds back in our day. Now that these look older, right? And then, were you babysitting? Did they leave you with the kids? Because if you're not responsible, why would they leave you with these little people? I thought of that, too. And then how did you get from New York all the way to Jersey and nobody stop you either? So now to come to, for you to be able to take the 17-year-old, where was your mind at? I thought of him, too. Yeah. So how yeah. do we allow these children, and it goes back to, Parents being their friends. Nobody wants to step up and be that parent. Because if he's able to take control over a car, he is taking control over in his house as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's some other rules he ain't obeying either, Pastor Sean, and I agree. I agree. Right. He's giving the rules out. He's telling them what to do. Yeah. 
If I were the father, I wouldn't have said a word yesterday, Pastor Charlene. I wouldn't have said nothing. They would have been, this would have been one of them articles that they said, you know, we reached out to the father, but we haven't gotten a response because there ain't no way in the world. I would have been on there. You see the way I am right now? You let it happen. Mm-hmm. That any one of them three names I just called. You better wish you was dead because by the time I got to you, it would have been over. It would have been over. Oh, yeah. Oh. It would have been over. It would have been over. It would have been over, Pastor Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It would have been over. Uh, you, you know what it reminds me? Remember when we was kids and our mother said, don't touch the stove, it's hot? Yeah. And she would say, don't touch the stove, it's hot. And then you kept touching and she put your hand on so you could really feel how hot it was? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Man. So now that you touch my keys, you would, ne- you would be so destroyed every time you just saw a pair of keys by the time I finished because you done drove my car. <laughs> Absolutely. Shanti said she would have locked herself up and said, don't call my mama because I'm telling you, it would have been on and popping up in here. Absolutely. Let Absolutely. me find one time you were out there driving. You you, you wouldn't have ever wanted to be in a car. If I would say we go to the like, no, that's all right, I'll stay home. Oh no, no. Exactly. No, no. It would have been over. It would have been over. Oh my goodness. That's I think what I have to say, um, Pastor Charlie. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. How are you? All right, and you? <laughs> well, I'm a little better after now I let Pastor Charlotte talk. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Pastor Jeff? This your son, your daughter in a car. You didn't caught them once, you didn't caught them twice. And you all you saying is, listen, don't be out there driving without no license. Don't be out there driving without no permit because, you know, you don't want to get caught out there. You know, you get in trouble for stuff like this. Is that your conversation? Well, I mean, that's re- reality for me. I I did it to my parents. I really? took their car, put my brother, my siblings in it, and and, and smacked the car up, <laughs> and, you know, and brought it back home and parked it in the garage and act like I, it wasn't me. You know, kids will do that, and you got to know that when they get around that age that they think they can drive. And my son did it. He took he took he took one of my cars before while he still had a permit and and hit it and brought it back and thought I wouldn't notice it. But after he did that one time, you know, the keys were hidden. He wasn't able to do that again until he got you know, got his license. So, you know, I'm I'm sure these are probably uh not black people. <laughs> and I'm sure oh, no. that you know no. No, this us. This us. It was us. Oh, it's man. us. They, so, this is us. So then it must I heard have been. This is us. So then it must have been um, a affluent us. <laughs> no, it's not. They, 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 no, it's not. Sorry, no, sir. Okay. Well, I then, heard it from my son last night. Because Mm-mm-mm. once he did it once. Once he did it once, he shouldn't have been able to do it again. 
I think these parents was actually letting them drive with no license. It had, had to be permission. some allowance, Pastor Jeff. It had to be. You, he, I'm telling you, I read the article first, and then I pulled up another article with that included the news report. And they had him, you know, part of the news report had him on, you know, saying what exactly what they had in the news. You know, we told a man from the hood, you could tell, you know, we told... You know him, me and my wife, his mother told him, his older brothers told him, you know, stop driving without, you know, a permit, without a license, because, you know, you get in trouble for these things, you know. Uh, yeah, on our side of the fences, I say, and he one of us. He a hood person. He from the hood. Yeah, well, the, the bottom line, they paid a heck of a price, because yeah. once they get it once, they shouldn't have been able to do it again. The key, the key should have been hidden. You know, his butt should have been kicked for that mess. You know? Absolutely. Did they kick your butt, Pastor Jeff? Well, my mother never was able to pin it on me. <laughs> you know, so she, oh, Lord. My brother and sister didn't tell, and she just noticed there was dents on her car. So... They couldn't prove it, you know? Mm, mm, so I didn't wow. get told. And then my son, my son, I didn't beat him down. I, the only reason why I noticed it was because I was sitting there watching the cameras on the house, and I and I saw the, the scratch marks on, on the front of the car. And then when I went there, and I'm like, how did that happen? And then I act like I knew how it happened, and that's how he confessed. Then I made mm. sure I locked the keys up. I locked the keys up after that. I punished him by taking his phone for a while. You know, I didn't give him act. I didn't let him have access to it again until after he got his driver's license. And see, you know, that's because my I, I, this, this is what we do. Right, and that's my problem. That's my problem. I was not in the least bit surprised, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Charlotte, Pastor KL. I was not in the least bit surprised that he, a 16-year-old boy had done this. It's been going on since before we were born, you know, joyriding and all kinds of things, you know. That that didn't surprise me. What upset me was the way it was said, like, you know, we told him, stop driving. And I'm like, what do you mean you told him to stop driving? Who's giving him access to the keys? And look, and look how brave you are. He's from Brooklyn. They said in the news report, not the article, in the news report. In the news report, they had that he got into the accident on the Hutchinson River Parkway at Mamaroneck Road out in Scarsdale. So I was like, well, how do you get from Brooklyn to Scarsdale? I drive. How do you get from Brooklyn to Scarsdale? Okay, so you managed to get that. But when they gave the news report and it said that he was leaving, they – Oh, and the father says, you know, he likes to. He used to like to play basketball, go to the mall. It was just like, and then when they did the news report and they said that he was coming from a mall in New Jersey and was taking the kids back, I was like, wait a minute. So where, what, where'd you get the? Okay, so you clearly had to get the car from Brooklyn. 
because you can't get from Brooklyn to Scarsdale and then pick up a car. You you drove from Brooklyn to Scarsdale. Y'all went to the mall in Jersey, and then you were dropping the kids. Like, no wonder you fell asleep. Hey, I'd be tired, too. Driving ain't all of that sometimes when you're tired. So, yeah. So I wasn't surprised at all, Pastor Jeff. You know, like you said, that's what you do. You know, that's what kids do at 16 years old. You know, you drive around in a car. If you got access to the keys, you're going to take the keys. You're going to but for the, for, for, for the conversation to be, you know, we told him to stop. It's like this was a norm. So if you know he's, you know, he does this, then hide the keys. Take the keys. Put the keys up. Everybody in the family, don't listen, don't let Malik come to your house and leave no keys around. Because when you look up, he ain't gonna, you ain't going to have no car. That's the kind of conversation that needs to be had. Clearly the conversation with Malik wasn't good enough because now Malik is dead and he can't learn a lesson. That was it. Poor lesson for the eight-year-old, the twelve-year-old, and all of them. Oh, where's Pastor KL? Good morning, Pastor KL. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So, did you have this issue like Pastor Jeff? Did you steal the car? Did you have a son that took the car? Well, first of all, my, my father was a third-degree black belt, and I wasn't crazy. I wasn't still a no cop. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, when when you watch the, the cartoon, Hong Kong Fui, that was, that was in my house. We didn't have that problem. <laughs> oh, gosh. Did your son have a problem with taking the car? Not at all. Not at all. Let me tell you something. My, my children are grown right now, and can't none of them drive my car. None of them. Even if they got a ticket, they can't drive my car. So if you were 16 and still in my car, your favorite song would have been "I Know It Was the Blood." Without a kid. <laughs> wow. What's wrong with this story, Pastor KL? What's wrong with this news report? Well, I mean, as everybody's saying, you had too much access. You know, I mean, how how is it that they had access to your car? And and you knew they were still in the car because you kept on saying, hey, you know you really shouldn't drive without a license. Not that you shouldn't be stealing my car, you know what I mean, but that you shouldn't be driving without a license. And if you know he's still in the car, then go to sleep with the keys in your pajama pocket. Do something. I mean, how do we leave it? Leave the access where it's still hanging on 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 the key ring, you know. And and then the other thing I'm looking at is this: if I were to steal my dad's car, it would be late in the midnight hour when everybody's asleep. Right. You take it right. in broad day, broad daylight right. in the morning. Hey, let's go plan a trip to the mall. So you don't miss your car all day? All the, all the kids? Man, I all the kids! Right. I would have reported the car stolen. Y'all would have went to jail before you died. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah, I'm like actually riding around in the car. So, okay, so you, you I, I'm reading two kids with the same name. 
So you have Zaniah Cross and you have Shornell Cross. So they must have been brother and sister. And the Andrew Billups was eight. So from what the from what they said was that the father said they were all really close. They were more like brothers and sisters more than they were cousins. So that means that okay, so you got Anthony who's seventeen and Andrew the 17 and the 8-year-old both have the same last name, so they must have been brothers. You have Zaniah and Shornell, their brother and sister. Malik comes from another sibling or cousin. So you got three families here. So you're telling me mm-hmm. in the three families, nobody missed the kids? And you're talking about all little people. You're not even talking about, you know, Shanti, Shawnees, a Brandon, uh, 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 Javon, you know, what's your kid's name, um, your son's name, Jeff, Pastor Jeff? Hello? What's your son's name? <laughs> My name, Jeffrey. Oh, okay, so Jeffrey, you know, so you got Pastor Charlene kids, Pastor Jeff kids, Pastor KL kids, Pastor Steph kids, you know, and everybody grown. Or if they were, you know, not, we would just, oh, you know, they're all together. You got an 8, an 11, a 12, a 16, and no, you got three separate families. Nobody misses the kids. Even if you didn't miss the car, you miss the kids. I mean, so much. And then to think about it, somebody lives in Brooklyn and somebody lives in Scarsdale. So, so y'all missing from two way different locations. There was too much access, too much access, or, too much or, way. Or, or they they were so bad, you were just glad the kids were gone. Oh Lord! Oh well, you know what, Pastor KL? If that's the case, you 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 got your wish because now they're gone. Mm, I, think they gone. Have, I think they have permission. Wow, wow. You know what, Pastor Jeff? And I got I'm kind of leaning to that because something's not clicking here. Something's not clicking. Because all I kept saying to myself is, he's from Brooklyn. What's he doing? The first question I was like, what's he doing in Scarsdale? He's from Brooklyn. He's 16 years old. They said, oh, stop driving without the license. Stop driving without the permit. No, that, that was a plan. That was a plan, and somebody I, said, you know, I, I go think, ahead. I think they they put the responsibility of those kids on on that driving, and it was a it was a consistent thing, you know, to let him do what he did, do, keep them from have to be running around, you know. No, it it sounds like that could be something. It sounds like it because it's just not making sense. It's not making sense. You, it sounds consensual. It sounds consensual. Oh well, you know Malik drives, so you know y'all go to the mall. So y'all to follow GPS and everything from Scarsdale to the Jersey Mall. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh my goodness. And then you know they 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 make the they make the excuse as well. You know I've, I've heard a lot of Northerners make the excuse as well. Well. Well, you know, they can drive at 16 in the South. You know, he can drive. So, I mean, they, they, they acknowledged that Malik was, was able to drive. Listen, he drove all the way to Scottsdale. 
Well, he was able to yep. drive. He had the ability to drive. He just wasn't legally, you know, uh, uh, he didn't have the legal uh, right. reason to drive. Right, right, right. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, unfortunately, they'll be making some new arrangements, and they won't be bailing anybody out of jail. They said that another, but there was another child in the car who was nine, and that car, after the mm. car crashed, he was able to, because of the shattered, the broken window in the back, he was able to get out of the back. If not, that would have been another victim. So a nine-year-old was able to get out of the car. Yeah, so there was a survivor. Nine. And we don't know if he had the same last yeah, name, but, but, so we don't know if that was a fourth family member or a fourth family represented yeah. in the car or not. But I agree with you, gentlemen. But go backwards now. It sounds consensual go backwards. to me. How? How, how, how did he, how he, I said, let's even take that backwards. He survived, but look what he looked at. Look what he saw. Right. So, I mean, look at the mental right. trauma that he has to deal with. Right. Right. He, the last time he saw all his brothers and sisters, cousins, they all died. They were engulfed in flames mm-hmm. in a car. And they said they all right. died from unforced trauma. So... That that there, you're right. What is he gonna have to live with for the rest of his life? Oh, parents, yep. parents, parents, parents. Okay, you know what? I want you to put your thinking caps on. We're gonna do something here, especially you men who you know you may have been a little more mischievous than the than the ladies on the line. I know, but I know <laughs> you may have been a little more mischievous than I am, than I was. What was some? What is something that? As pastors, as pastors, here's the church folk question. Something that you see the kids do that that go right on it, you know, that you know these are church people. They should, they, know, they should know the word. They should know how they need to handle their children, but they're not. They let their kids get away with it. I'm going to start with you, Pastor Charlotte. Oh, I was still thinking. Um, okay, let's go this way. I've seen it do in the church as well. Being with these young young girls, the young girls that are younger than eighteen, up in these twenty-one-year-old men, boys' faces, and disappearing. Doing service. Wow. Wow. Because, um, you know, everybody's upstairs in the sanctuary, and they downstairs. And mm-hmm. you don't even acknowledge that your child is gone. I'm talking about the daughters. So right. uh, I had to say nobody go downstairs. And watch when who leaves, because, you know, they do signals. Mm. And where the the signals is, somebody will go first, and then they wait a few minutes, and then they'll go downstairs. And the parent know that your child ain't sitting next to you no more, and you can look around and see that your child ain't upstairs. So I had to go to other leaders, and we had to have that discussion that nobody 
goes downstairs and had to start to lock the door. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 So, okay. So when you had the conversation with the church leaders, what was their response? Had they noticed it at themselves? Well, a lot of the response is always, well, their mother is right there. And I had to say, but they're on the premises with us. So I'm I'm like, when the kids come in, you know, they become your children as well. And for us to, to be able just to say that the mother or the parents, rather, are there because mothers and fathers are in the building as the daughters leave. Um, so even that. You have to check them because now if something happens, God forbid something happens, right, when it comes out, it happened inside the church. Now you brought in all of us as well because of you not watching your kid. Because, hey, God forbid she get pregnant. How about this? Let's just do it this way. So she gets pregnant. Right? I don't know what they're doing now, sis, but let's just say she get pregnant. And then it comes back to where did you get pregnant at? And I got pregnant in the church. Inside oh, the Lord. Or in the bathroom. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Under the stairs. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, y'all been in church all your life. Y'all guys know that y'all was, you know, feeling touchy doing that too. But now I turn it over to them. <laughs> wow. Oh, she put y'all out there. Pastor Jeff, now, uh, you know, you and Pastor KL then had some in my former life. Y'all got some in my former life stories. But, you know, it, what do you know about this? And, and I'm just going to leave it like that. What do you know about this? Do you know about this from the preacher's side or do you know about this from my parents' side? Or do you know about this from another side? You're well, probably all sides. <laughs> I do, I'm a, I I'm a preacher's I kid. I knew it. You know, I, I, we grew up and, you know, we sneak off into the, you know, parts of the church or the buildings and do all kind of stuff. So every Everything went on. You know, and then... From a parent side, you know, I was I stayed on top of my children. I, I you know I watched them because I knew what I knew what was in them because I knew what was in me. So I watched <laughs> them, and then as from from the pastor standpoint, we've had many meetings to try to offset some of this stuff. And I had one of my ministers get one of the you know the young young girls pregnant. Ah. Uh. And then you know, and 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 all, all hell broke loose. And I had to deal with that. We had to discuss that, and they they wanted me to throw them out the church and all kind of stuff. So you know, from all sides, I, you know, common. All right. You got a, okay, back. A bunch so of I'm gonna ask together. this. I'm sorry. What'd you say? That's just, that's common when you got a whole bunch of people coming together like that. Oh, okay. All right, Pastor Jess, I'm going to ask you this. Two questions. 
you know, um, Pastor Charlotte mentioned the age dynamic where, you know, it's a younger girl, so clearly she's a minor, and with an older gentleman. Was that the case with this scenario you just got finished talking about? Yes, but it was, the girl actually reached 18 legally. It didn't have to have the cops involved. Oh, okay. He made 18. Oh, okay, okay, he, okay. He, he was in his, you know, I guess close to 30. Okay, okay, okay. Did did it, as far as anyone knows, did it happen on the church premises? You know, I, this was my Arizona uh, church, and we had other buildings lot it happened it happened on the on on the facility because that minister lived on 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 the property oh okay 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 wow wow how do you handle something like that pastor jeff well i mean it some people disagreed how i handled it you know because the the man was married the women demanded throw him out. You know, and at the same time, I was reluctant. When you, she came in, tried her best to get one of the preachers to sleep with her. She was, you know, she she was pushing, you know, and I, the temptation was there, you know, because she was quite. Uh, Developed and, and a looker. That was her mo. Because I understand she did it the last church she went to. And got somebody in trouble. She was underage when she did that one. It was a struggle because man, through the temptation, through the struggle, got the pastor and the leader deal with this. Relied a lot on this minister, so but I, I you know, I had to, I had to give him and put him out. The women started mutiny in the church. They was gonna kill me if I didn't deal with him. <laughs> so then they wanted me to call the police. They believed he touched her before her 18th birthday, but she said he didn't. And let me and let you know. That let me off the hook. I didn't want to call the police on the man. You know, you know so it, it was a big thing. I would have had to call the police had she said I was 17. Right. I was 18. Right. I came at him. You know, I had, I, you know, I, that let me off the hook with that one. Wife wanted me to crucify him. <laughs> and, you know. Wow. Wow. To this day, because wow. she, she's still, you know, still connected. She she moved here to the East Coast. And she's still wow. angry about me and how, how I dealt about that situation, you know? So, Pastor Jeff, was her family a part of the church or just her? Um, Just her. Another okay. young lady brought her to the church. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wow. Woo! Pastor KL! 
Kid to ask this question. What you know about this? Do you know this to be, you know, true? You've heard of this stuff right there, you know, older, she's a kid, whatever. How's this, you know, do you know this from her pastor's side? <laughs> I'm holding my breath. Not, not, don't hold your breath. Not, not really. I mean, you know, I heard uh, Pastor Charlene talk about, um, you know, that situation. That's a whole new new dimension for him downstairs. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've never, 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 never gone through something like that. Now, I would say as a choir director, you know, I, I went through the choir, but I ain't going through the choir in the church. You know, we ain't go, I, listen, I was too, I was too afraid of my grandmama, too afraid. Right, right then, I didn't really know God too good, but I was too afraid of my grandmama or my mama for the backlash. If they caught me downstairs in the vestibule with, 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 with a young lady, but I, I did go through a few, a few sopranos and altos. It just wasn't <laughs> in the church. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God you were scared of grandma. Oh my God! Thank God you were scared of mama. Thank God for the fear of Oh my God! Wow. Okay. 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 All right, Pastor Jeff, that was Pastor Charlene's scenario. What's something that, you know, in the church, you, you, you the parents are right there, and it's like, well, you know, what are you doing? How do you let this happen? You know, things that we know we need to stop, but we don't. I um, had a situation where parents were there, Little girl was about 14 years old. I'm the pastor. This is in California. She grabbed my butt. What? Pushed me on my butt. Wow. I didn't know how to react, I know how to, react to that because I wanted, I wanted to slap the boo-boo out of her. I couldn't believe she did that mess. So I go to the parent. Oh, you know, you, Pastor, you kind of remind her of her father. What? Well, would she grab, would she grab her father's butt? And they, they would not discipline her. Didn't, they took it as a joke. You know, wow. really, you know, know what to do about that situation. I just stayed away from the young lady. Went to jail for messing with the little girl. You know that 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 they end up getting some some guy just a few years older than her arrested. With her, you know I knew that was coming. You know, right, parents, they didn't deal with it. Wow, it out of control. Wow, 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 Pastor Jeff. Wow. Wow. Woo. Pastor Kay, have, have you ever heard of anything like that before? No, nah, I've never went to, like, the butt ministry, so I've never seen that. I mean, I, I've seen <laughs> some 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 <laughs> some little boys pinch, pinch a few booties, 
you know, saying just being boyish. You know, that's what they used to say. Not being so boyish. You know, but um, yeah, I've, I've not, 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 not too much. Wow, Pastor Charlene, have you ever, you know, heard of, you know, something like this going on? And you know, parents just, you know, brush it off. You know, it ain't no big thing. Well, for me, no. Um, but I know that if you would have got my butt, that would have been the last butt that you would have grabbed. I do know that. Because um, I would have had your hand in the sling, take me to your mama and your daddy. And y'all pray for me, because, you know, sometimes she 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 will. And when they didn't do nothing. You're, you're a woman. Oh, that's why? You're a woman in that position. You could have gotten away with it. My hands were tied. Uh, what Her hand would have been tied to. Okay, well, you know what? This would I would have did. Now let me let me do this as my husband being the pastor. Cause this would have been me too, right? So now here we are, and this little girl touched your butt. You came and told me, I'll grab her, and we all go into the mom and daddy. How about that? And I then, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's why she grabbed your butt. They were training her up to, to be your wife. <laughs> and I had a wife. I, had I had a wife, it'd have been dealt with a totally different. Okay, you had a female preacher in there. Somebody, well, somebody would have had to step with you. What, what's her family? My main female preacher was our auntie. Oh Lord. <laughs> So I think the auntie oh, might have told her to do it. How about that? It's the family affair. Somebody was trying to get you. How about that? She was uh, trying to get me. I don't that was That was yeah. the problem. She was there because she was trying to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, okay so the aunt okay. to this little girl was your female preacher, correct? She was my main. She, she was the main, main supporter of the church. She brought in most of the most of the money and the people. Oh, that this is okay. I don't know. I don't. And she was still preaching in the church, Pastor Jeff, because she was bringing in the money. Is that what happened? I'm just asking. I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm young then, you know, and I like I said, I do things differently now. But I relied on her a lot. I knew the, the woman was there wanted to marry me, you know, but I knew I would never marry her, but she, uh, she had influence out there in California, you know, she could preach, you know, so I, you know, I put a, I put, I gave her a position, you know, a high position, it probably went to her head, she probably thought she was the first lady. <laughs> well, which, that explains highly why, the, why there was nothing done when you complained about the niece, because she knows she's, you know, bringing in the money for the church. She knows she's bringing in the people for the church, and you know, so that she, she, you know, that's the power that she has. So yeah, I ain't got nothing. You, you'll be alright. You know, that's the concept. You know, so that's uh, this is this is how she was able to just brush it off because she knew pretty much that you needed her and you were young, and you know, this is what people do. 
Wow. They wow, were wow. they were they were the messiest the messiest family in that church because almost all of them were that way. She was really very promiscuous. The, her, her nieces and all of them and and one of one of the nieces trapped one one I had a, a, a visiting preacher come and he ended up, he ended up sleeping with one of the nieces. She was she was of adult age, but he ended up making a baby with her and started a big scandal in there, you know. And I, wow. and I couldn't allow him to come back to the church. And, you know, wow, <laughs> that wow. That was a mess. They, they were a mess. Yeah, you could tell. You could easily tell that they would be a mess. You could tell. You could tell. I still follow them, I still follow them on Facebook. Follow them on really? Facebook. And so much, tra- so much tragedy has before fallen that family from the sons getting murdered and, you know, all type of tragedy and almost all the daughters and stuff got so many children and so many baby daddies and, you know, they, it's just a mess. Wow. The family's just a mess. Wow. It comes back to haunt you, Pastor Jeff. It comes back to haunt you. Wow. 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 Pastor KL, something, you know, parents are sitting right there. And they could stop it, but they don't. Right in the church. What's going on? All right, so this is this is my, my biggest pet peeve of parents. So you are a guest in a church and it happens to be quote unquote a family church. And then what happens is that you preaching and the child is running around, get up on the pulpit with you, dancing on the pulpit, and you watching this child while I'm preaching. So it's already a distraction. So why no one grabbing little little Johnny or little Susie from running around the church? I don't understand why why parents do that. So wait, so the parent is preaching or another person no. is preaching? I, I'm the preacher in the guest church. And your child oh, is running around the church okay. and running up running up into the pulpit. <laughs> I don't know why y'all ain't never seen that, but that happens oh, in a family yes. church. You, you, you be ready to stop. You be ready to stop preaching and lay hands on little Johnny because he got a demon in him. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm glad you clarified that because I surely didn't understand that scenario. I had it all twisted. <laughs> oh, we've talked about this on church folk a few times. But yet have they ever presented the scenario such as this one where you're the guest speaker <laughs> and the people kids up in the pulpit. Wow, Pastor Charlene. Is it oh, new? Yes, yes and yes. Yes. I've wow. seen that. I experienced that. Yes, not me preaching per se, but sitting there, you know, um, going to somebody else's church and supporting someone else that is preaching, and the kid is running. There is a playground from one side up down to the other side, one side up down to the other side. And it gets even worse. How about this one, Pastor KL? And then they get the mic. No! And the, and the kids, yes, the yes, 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 yes. They take the side what? mic. <laughs> what happened? They get, they the, get mic the side mic. You know, there's, always, there's always two mics on the pulpit. Oh, my so they get God. the other mic. 
Yeah. They're now your translator for the kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes.
Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll hold a bottle in your kid's mouth. While I'm preaching. Oh my gosh! All right. So wait, have any of you ever been offered ten thousand dollars? What's the highest? What? What? I mean, what is the highest you've ever heard? You know, because we've talked about this before, but this part never came up. What's the highest you've ever heard uh, of uh, passive receive? Don't all speak at once. I'm asking everybody. Okay, we didn't know who you called it. Oh, okay. Well, I know. I'm, I'm just like, I'm still shocked. I'm still laughing at Pastor Jeff. I'm still shocked at the $10,000. I want to know if that's figuratively speaking or if that's real for some people. Okay, okay. So you know what? I mean, I've been, Go ahead. Go ahead, Pastor Jeff. I have, I have gotten close to that. Because wow. I've been invited to preach, I've been invited to preach for some pastors, you know, especially out west. I think you know, I'm I, in I the wrong neck of wood. I preach. <laughs> Me too. For, for Bishop Blake, um, and he's a he's a billionaire, you know. I'm saying, you know, it depends on the on the house, it depends on the place, depends on the venue. I mean, so ten thousand ain't nothing. Like for for my brother and my sister in law, pulling and orange pulling, that ain't nothing right. to get them. She, you know, she 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 get fifty thousand if, if if she go to the right place. I don't see somebody write a check to her for a hundred grand. Wow, wow, wow! So, I, mean, I need to be I need to be with them with the pullings. Wow. <laughs> All right, so you gonna you gonna hold that Bible up for that kid if it's ten thousand dollars? Pastor Jeff? Yeah, listen. He, he, could, he could have a mic and preach with me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Pastor KL, what's the highest you've heard? I mean, I've heard some of them numbers. Me, personally, the highest I've gotten... Um, was five thousand dollars, and that's because I, I was doing a revival during the week. It was a, uh, a five-day revival, and then that Saturday I did the concert. So you know, I, I've got oh. a five thousand dollars. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Would you, would you, would you let the kid preach with you for five thousand dollars? <laughs> no, no, and, and it's funny enough because that that same day. The child was on the pulpit. I, I ended. I, I ended my uh, my sermon because only only one of us could preach at one time. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So if you're the prophet, I need to sit down. So, <laughs> so, so I, I ended and I left. <laughs> oh yes. <gosh. laughs> I need to sit down. <laughs> Right, right. I'm in. I'm in error. My bad. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, Pastor Scarlett, for some reason, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you share the mic either. What's the highest you've ever heard? I've heard them say to the preacher, give the preacher three thousand. I've heard of that before. Um, okay, and I'm in. My thing is, um, even that being said, because they came with an honorary. They tell you what they want. I don't do right. what preachers say. You know, that's that's not, I'm y'all a little high for me. So I don't, <laughs> you okay. know, my company ain't like that yet anyway, I can't say. Um, but far as this kid, would, would I go, well, because one, like I said, I wasn't preaching then. My thought was, get my coat and I'm out, right? For me, I will stop and tell you to get the kid. That would be me. And that sounds you like can't you. Do both of us. Yeah, we, it can't be both of us. It's just like when somebody is, keeps talking and you're talking, you know, what normally we'll say, I'll wait till you finish, right? People say right. that. I'll say right. both of us can't talk together. So it's either going to be you or it's going to be me because I have been places where the kids, not in the pulpit per se, but running around the whole church. I've been there and I will tell them, stop what I'm saying and say to them, get your kid because it's very distracting. And then I'll go right back on and finish preaching. So, yeah, I'm going to shut it down. And I am I coming back? If your kid is not controlled, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. Because I'm already going to have that conversation with that pastor. Because we got to, we you know, one of my things is we have to get to the place that it might be okay for you. Like, we know how to tune our own kids out, right? We're good with that. But right. there's somebody there that is hurting. There's somebody there that needs that word. It's somebody there. And a lot of times, because of the children running around, that that would take that person not to come back anymore. Because if I am coming in and I'm looking for, looking to give myself to God, looking for the word, and I'm visiting, I'm not coming back. So I have to always look at sitting in those pews myself. So y'all might think that is cute. I don't think that is cute. And in any, even in in the ministry, I, hey, come on. When they bring their grandkid, hey, hey, up underneath <laughs> my leg, hey, 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 come get your kid. And then I go over to the kid and say, go sit your little booty down, baby. Go draw me a picture. And I used to always have paper. And and pens, and when the kids come in, because, you know, you can't, they don't want to sit that long. So draw me a picture so I can put it in my office. And that's how I would, you know, I always would try to have little things for them, for something for them to do. But, no, you're not going to get the mic, and I'm going to get the mic, too. So who's going to get the mic? Y'all going to listen to the baby, or y'all going to listen to what God say? Y'all pick and choose. I'm good. Bye. (laughs) I'm out. That's me. I tell y'all, pray for hey, me. Hey, Pastor Charlotte. Pastor yes. Charlotte, what happened to the what happened to the scripture out of the mouths of babes? <laughs> no. well, listen, when when it's time for the babe to talk, then the babe can talk. I'll sit down. I won't have no problem. Go sit down. 
Y'all want to hear the baby? Go ahead. I'm good. I'm going to get my coat. Wow, wow, wow. Woo! I want to know what you would do. What would you do, Pastor Steph? I want to know what you would do. If I were preaching and there was, like, a kid up there with a microphone, I'm, I'm yeah, you. running around. And I'm, oh, no, I'm you. I'm you. If they're, like, generally kind of running around maybe in the in the sanctuary itself, that might not be much of a distraction. But for what y'all have said, where the, the child is up on the podium with you and, you know, up at the podium with you all, you know, and they running – Oh, no, 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 mm-mm, mm-mm. And see, oh, you mess with me and too much talk going on, there's a little, little gremlins going on in my head anyway. No, 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 mm-mm. I'm, I'm, no, there's no way in the world. You could be paying me a million dollars. You hold on to that mill, that, that's, we, we good, we good, I'm out. I, I, there's no way, and you know, I would, I would end it. I would end it early. Just end it. You know. Well, you know. Thank God for the word for the day. You know, but but I would, I would actually say something. I couldn't see, I couldn't see myself. I couldn't see myself preaching and ignoring. I can't see myself ignoring the um the uh the, this this here because it's disrespectful. The elephant in the room. <laughs> it's just disrespectful. It's just disrespectful, you know. And I believe what you all are saying, you know, is somebody else's house. And clearly, this is what goes on. And you know, they don't stop it. They haven't stopped it for others, so they're not going to stop it for you. But if you invite me here, and I would like to believe that you think that God is going to give me a word to give to you, and if I'm if I'm here and I'm giving a word, and I look over. And I got somebody running past me, right at my feet. I, I, they, they, no, first of all, I'm, I'm. No, excuse me. Whose is this? Whose child is this? You have to take them down. No, no, no. We don't talk about this. No, that's what I said. It's, it's women and men are so different. It is so. It, it, it you know, and that's what I said for Pastor Charlotte. I knew. I knew exactly. What would happen? You wouldn't have to tell me what happened with you, Pastor Charlotte, because men handle things differently from women. Women handle things differently from men, and I, I could I could easily see you saying something. <laughs> Please come get your job, because that's what I would do. That would be the first thing. And it, it would it, for me, it would last thirty seconds. Once the child got up there, you would have all of ten seconds for somebody. Where are the ushers here? Do they know I should come get this kid? No, no, no. Well, you know what? Then the, the pastor of the house, or first lady, or you know, or, or mother, you know, Mother Jones. Somebody gonna have to come up there and get this kid because that that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful to God, in my opinion. Forget about even the person. It's disrespectful to God. You know, you you if you went to, you know, the palace. With Queen Elizabeth, that child ain't running all over the place. So stop, just stop, just stop, just stop, just stop. But boy, always, I I don't care what day of the week the due time crew comes on, you can be you are guaranteed to get a laugh. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. I would tell you, I don't know what I'm going to talk about sometimes, but 
leave leave it to y'all. Y'all always give me something to talk about. Thank you so much, and I pray you have a blessed day. You as well. You all right. You as well. Thank you. Woo. Boy, Comedy Central. That's why church folk is always the number one. <laughs> the number one uh, segment. All righty. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen. So let's read that again. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost could not stop me <laughs> from saying something. And I'm not being funny. I'm serious. You know, when I when I say, you know, behavior and allowances like this, it's just plain disrespectful. It, you know, it, it's it's you know we 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 have talked many times about the children, you know, running around and you know getting involved with you know, distracting people and things like that. And I remember when we used to go to church upstate, um, I used to always sit in the front because I need for everything to be behind me. You know, when I go to when I go to service, there's, there's a purpose here. <laughs> like Pastor Charlotte said, there's a purpose. There's a purpose. I come up here to receive a word. And do I expect everything to be absolutely perfect? No, no, because, listen, the, the enemy, there's no reason why the enemy has not come into the church, you know. And the, the, there's the distraction. Always there's a distraction. Always something is going to distract you. And if you're not a person who... Um, if you're a person that's easily distracted, then you'll be easily distracted. And I used to laugh because <laughs> when I think about it, because we've taken an hour ride to church. We've been in the house together. We've taken an hour ride up to church. We've gotten out the car. You know, we didn't put on shoes or pantyhose or you know, some preparation time. And now we're sitting in church. I wish Tamaja would tap me on my shoulder. Ma, what? 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 What do you want? Because for me, again, we've gotten up. We've moved around in this house. We've driven up there. We've ridden up there. We've had an opportunity to talk. Don't talk to me now. If this, if this house ain't burning down... If somebody ain't having a heart attack, or st- please do not talk to me. And that's why I was sitting in the front. I need everything to be behind me. I don't want to. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to hear anything. I want to focus. And you know, I'm not. You know, the type of person that. Oh my gosh, I gotta focus. Nothing. I'm not. I'm not that. But when it comes to God, it's just it. The it, the, the the everything shifts for me. For me. For Stephanie, it shifts for me. And my thing is, whatever you got to say ain't urgent enough for me to take my mind off God to talk to you. What you telling me? You hungry? What your back itch? I, I don't. I don't understand what you got to talk to me about right now. 
that somebody else can't handle who's already out there. You know, and I don't mean somebody else in the church is also trying to focus, but I don't think I ever remember a time where every single body was sitting down at the same time. So is there somebody up who can help you, or can it wait? Can it simply wait? And I think that at the end of the day, we don't give enough of that to God. We don't give enough of that to the Lord, our undivided attention. And when we've allowed the children to run around where they become a possible distraction, now again, they're kids, so, you know, sometimes service is a little longer. You know, I've heard people say, you know, when they were going to church, they didn't, they, they weren't even allowed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> they better not tap auntie, uncle, mama, grandma, and talk about, do you got to go to the bathroom? You better go before we sit down because I'm not getting up to take you. You know, so I'm not saying that I don't understand that sometimes it gets a little long for smaller children, you know, the toddlers. Toddlers, not those who have had to learn to sit in class, those who have learned to sit in school. By the time you're in elementary school, you're in the third and fourth grade, you know, you should have this sitting down thing pretty mastered. And, you know, I, I had someone come to church and they said, you know, I didn't realize that from your Sunday school, which we call Sabbath school, into divine worship, they just go one from straight from one service to the next. That, to me, makes no sense. See, this is how you end up with the kids running around, possibly. My thing is give them a break. Take the break. Take the break. I'd rather give you a break between Sabbath school and, and divine worship and let you get it out. Let's stretch your legs, go talk, go laugh, have a smile, have a cup, a cup of soda, or a cup of juice or water, get a donut, do, get a cracker, a piece of crack. I don't care what you get, but by, you have now refreshed yourself. And I think that's what we sometimes need to, you know, do with the children. You know, or somebody needs to be out there to man the children. And does that mean somebody misses service? Well, that's why they have those little rooms with the little speaker and things like that. Or rotate, you know, rotate the children. Um, rotate the caregiver, rather. So nobody misses everything. And, uh, you know, because the children need to stretch their legs. The children need to, you know, do that. Yes, Auntie Pam, thank you. The pause, that refreshes. And it's it's so true because you need the the, the, the verbiage is is right on point the pause that refreshes because now you get a chance to kind of get a little you know breather between and that way adults as well but the children being on the pulpit no 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 we 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 can't disrespect god like that and i think if we were to look at it like that things would 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 be a little different and god would get the respect that he is ultimately due You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Duke Time crew for always coming through big time. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to just 
give God your life. Plain and simple as that. Give God your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Wow Wednesday. God spares our life. Until then, I love you.